Superpowers on the Superpower Up podcast, the show that lifts the voice of love from orgasms to superpowers and everything in between. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Sex, Love, and Superpowers podcast show. I'm your host, Tatiana Berende, and today I am joined by Maggie Flood, and we are going to be talking about using pleasure to balance pain. Such an important conversation with what is happening on our planet right now. Um, So I'm really looking forward to diving into this with her. Let me tell you a little bit about Maggie before we get started. Maggie Flood is a licensed acupuncturist, herbalist, somatic pelvic body worker, certified somatic sex educator, and touch integration specialist located in Southern California. She specializes in the mental, emotional, and physical aspects of pelvic health and uterine disorders in women. Having come far from a place of fundamental disconnect with her own body, she's dedicated herself to shedding light on the less culturally accepted aspects of pelvic healing, including the use of pleasure, including the use of pleasure to balance pain, trauma resolution, and rethinking feminist values in the 21st century. In addition to her hands-on practice, Maggie offers remote mentoring and online courses for managing pelvic health. And I'm just really excited to have you on the show today. Thank you so much for having me. This is exciting. Yes. So um, we are, we're going to go to a quick break before we dive into this topic of using pleasure to balance pain. But um, before we do that, will you tell our listeners what your superpowers are? Mm-hmm. Uh, my super superpowers. I I feel as though the expression of presence and energetics, um, the understanding of flow inside of my own body, feels like a superpower. Mm-hmm. And I really love sharing that and teaching that. And I think that getting people to understand that feels like a superpower to me. Yes. Awesome. So we are going to take a quick break. Before we go to break, will you tell everyone where they can find out more about you and your work? Sure. My website is www.sacral-spaces.com. And my Instagram is sacral, S-A-C-R-A-L underscore spaces. And those are the two best places to find me. Awesome. Okay, so stay tuned for this amazing conversation that we're about to have. I can just feel it's going to be so good about using pleasure to balance pain. Don't go away. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, Executive Director of Superpower Experts. And we want to thank each of you for making Superpower Up the number one podcast network for personal development and spiritual growth. Because people like you have the courage to say that mindfulness, healthy living, disrupting reality, the pursuit of consciousness, responsible entrepreneurship, and radical parenting matter. We now amass over 1 million downloads monthly in more than 90 countries. Our numbers keep growing because there are far more people willing to live divergently than mass media wants to acknowledge. For you, the change makers, the light bearers, the way showers, we say thank you. If you're ready to take the next step in your evolution, go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz. And as Neva Lee Rekla, our youngest podcaster, likes to remind us, remember, we all have superpowers and we can change the world. Okay, so let's talk about this because I think when, when we're working with 
with challenge, when we're working with trauma, like we're seeing so much trauma being expressed on the planet right now. Um, the coronavirus lockdown in and of itself has been a trauma. Um, you know, everyone has their own story, their own lineage that, that carries um, pain forward, right? And we have experiences in our lives that carry pain forward. And it can be so easy and so tempting to want to just stay in the mud of the pain, right? Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and it can lead to almost this storyline that it's not okay to feel joy and to feel pleasure. Mm-hmm. And I know that you have a lot of wisdom in this area. So I would just love to hear you talk about this a little bit. Yeah. So it's so interesting that we're having this conversation now during all of the protesting that's going on at the end of our lockdown and everything. I think that what's really fascinating is that in the last couple of weeks, I've been working a lot with women who um, are coming to me and saying, I don't feel as though I can be present because I feel if I'm present in my body, then that means I am um, giving up on the group or I'm giving up on understanding other people. And this is where I think that we need to hone in on um, what it really means to be in presence for others and what it really means to be in an activist um, place. And in order to really bring yourself fully to the table, you have to allow for a range within your body mm-hmm. of balance, a range of anything from joy to pain. And I think right now we are, you know, being slammed with a lot of uh, people saying, you know, if you're not just feeling pain all the time, then you're not in it, you know, then you're not really um, there and showing up and um, being present. And I think that that's where we go wrong. Mm -hmm. And I think that what we need to remember is, you know, as an acupuncturist, I, I tell people all the time, we have yin and yang in our systems. We are made of yin and yang. And if you don't understand the concept of yin and yang as a listener, it's basically um, yin is the depth, the darkness, and the yang is the light and the bright. And every aspect of the universe has yin and yang in it. Everything that has been man-made or is organic has an aspect of yin and yang that went into its creation. And you can't take them apart from each other. And yin is pleasure, if you really think about it, it can be pleasure, it can be depth, it can be sinking into feeling, um, and it can be, yeah. yeah, it can be that deep presence. Um, and sometimes I think, and that yang is that active presence. And sometimes I think that when we think of the deep and the dark, we think of only the the evil or the or what we deem bad, what we deem to be um, inactive. And we need inactivity in order to create activity. I think coronavirus and, has kind of proven that, right? Yes. <laughs> like everybody, <laughs> shut up and yeah. sit down, you know? Like, it's such stop. proof. I mean, we, we were forced into inactivity. And if you were following, you know, the way that the world was looking at this, right? You know, first we, we fought, there was an energy of fighting it. Like we're, we're fighting this like, no, no, we don't want this to happen. And then there's like a, for a few weeks, there's a lull. And in that lull, how many people found themselves, no matter what, um, you know, 
social or work-based uh, issues they got themselves into, whether or not they lost their jobs, there's still this depth that was present for exploration. And even if it was painful, and out of that came this immense activity and need to burst forth. So we had this like really severe, you know, from yin to yang, and that's what happens. And yin can, can transform into yang very quickly and vice versa. So, you know, I think that's a really great way of representing what's going on right now. And I, I think that if we look at the microcosm inside of our own bodies, in, every, in any way, we can figure out where there's yin and where there's yang. And that's where we start to understand the idea of pleasure and pain, right? Mm-hmm. So what I usually, what I do in my everyday work is to help people understand that pleasure and yin is needed to balance pain. And I think that when we lose the ability to understand how to really dip into the depth, then that's when we end up burning out. Yeah. And, you know, as, and I take this too, you know, to a level of understanding feminism and society in the last 50 years, it's been a rocky road trying to understand how we fit in. And we end up being sucked into this very linear path, you know, this very linear way of thinking and believing and working. And that's not who we are as cyclical beings. So, you know, relearning how to be in yin is so important. Yeah. And um, so, so what do you say to someone right now? Well, actually, before I ask that, I just wanted to, to say something that was coming forward around the importance of, of pausing and allowing ourselves to experience pleasure so that we can increase our capacity to hold space for pain. Oh yeah. If yeah. we're allowing ourselves, because you were talking about that burnout, like that burnout is real. And if we actually want what's happening right now to catalyze real change, to not just have it be an event that then gets skipped over and forgotten so that this issue perpetuates, if we actually want to change things, we have to be willing to pause long enough to experience rest, to experience ease, and to mm-hmm. even experience pleasure so that we can have the capacity to then go back into the pain with, with a refreshed capacity to hold space for it. Absolutely. And I think that that is where, you know, we're told all the time that we need self-care, but where we fall short is that internalizing process. Um, You know, we can take a bath. I mean, I'm I'm sure a lot of people have been like, oh, self-care means taking a bath or getting, you know, getting pampered. Okay. But how many times have you actually been able to release into that process in your body? Yes. And you know, on top of that right now, especially we have all this social conditioning that tells us that we're not allowed to actually do that, um, especially as women. And that's, that's a big, big issue. And we're carrying a lot of the brunt of many, many years of that. So I think that, you know, in, there are so many cultures that still exist out there that they, um, you know, they value pleasure and, 
yin so much <laughs> that they base their whole culture on that. And it's actually growth and potential are, are easy, more easily accessed because of it. It's that imbalance that we find in our own bodies that we, you know, we end up not being able to perpetuate ourselves in a, a healthy way forward because we're not actually internalizing. Mm-hmm. So what so, do you so what do you say to someone right now who's like I can't I can't I don't know how I don't know how to go from feeling all this pain feeling all this struggle feeling all this suffering into pleasure what's the pathway to that So one of the things that um that I try to express a lot and and this is something that some people understand and some people have a harder time grasping it. I, I like to use touch, first of all, to answer your question. I like to use touch to get there. So if we're, if we're sitting in, in meditation or if we're sitting silently for a while and we, we sense our bodies and then we utilize touch to feel into, to you know, um, be present to that tactile sensation just as it is, as a sensation with no good or bad about it, we can sense what we don't like and we can sense what we do like. So using your senses, you can actually, you know, parse out in a very, um, in a very like microcosmic way. What is it that I do like about this touch or what is it I don't like about this touch? Um, what sense feels good and what sense feels bad? And then, you know, wondering why do I label that as good and bad? So I just want to pause you for a moment because I think um, touching ourselves, like people don't have a practice of that. (laughs) We're so, we're so conditioned into like touch has to come from other. I know. So I think even, even encouraging us to touch ourselves and not even, I I think it's really important to say that doesn't have to be sexual touch. That doesn't have to mean you're touching your genitals to arouse yourself. I think we, it's like when we talk about touching ourselves, we immediately go into like, Oh, that has to mean um, I'm masturbating. Right. Right. And there's some conditioning around like, it's not okay to even touch myself. I know. And, and I, and you know, even jumping into this conversation, I'm already at a place where I'm like, we're going to talk about parsing, you know, out sensation. And then I don't even realize like, I have to step back very often and and remind myself that even self-touch is not an acceptable, especially as women, we're not told that that's an acceptable thing to do. Absolutely not. So yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Like just, just entering into the space of allowing ourselves to make the effort to do a thing (laughs) for ourselves (laughs) is that's just, that's a whole other ball game, right? Like you have to clear that field before you can get into what it actually means to be present with your body. So you're absolutely right. I mean, that's something I constantly forget. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's like more culturally acceptable to pay someone else to do a thing for you. Right. Than to mm-hmm. experience it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And I actually, um, there have been many times too that I've started working with someone and they're like, you know, I have all these judgments around touching myself and I'm like, okay, well, can, can you go get a massage and be present to the sensations that you're receiving and and use that as a meditation? And they'll often come back and say, you know, I, I tried that, but my brain kept shutting off to receiving 
you know, I kept falling asleep or I, my um, sensation just made me feel guilty or there was a lot of sadness there or, you know, and it's like, yeah. well, you have to clear that, that space first and, and be like, okay, I feel shame around this, but you know, what happens if I, if I just kind of not bypass it, but if I recognize it for what it is and then reorient towards the sensation and keep breathing. I think breath is right. so important in this because there are, it's, it can be uncomfortable to travel into spaces that are new. This is what we're seeing as a collective right now. And this is true in the individual journey. It can feel weird. It can feel uncomfortable. And so we stop ourselves. We stop ourselves right before we're about to acclimate. Right. Right. And that's what acclimation never happens. The change never happens because it's like, oh my God, this is so uncomfortable. I need to distract, divert. I need to do anything that I can to to shift this when if we just keep breathing, it will shift on its own and the shift will be amazing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the shift um, I think is what people think is going to be painful. Right. And here's where we enter into the expectation of disappointment and the expectation of pain. And so to, to divide, to, to, um, to just for a moment, understand the yin and yang of that. Like, okay, what feels like expectation? What does that feel like? Can I, can I watch that just be? Do I have to do anything about that? And, and it's permission. You know, I think the whole, the, all of this, it's, it's permission to feel. And part of the problem is we're, we have mixed signals. <laughs> The, the flow of what's happening right now is asking us to give permission to feel and be. Um, be in that yang, that uprising feeling. Um, be in that depth, in that pain, or in that what we deem to be suffering. Um, but then, you know, we have all these social cues that tell us that it's wrong. <laughs> yeah. And that goes for so many things. It goes for, you know, everything's happening right now. It goes for what's going on inside of our body. It's sexual. It's, you know, can we lean into permission, self-permission during sex? Do you know how hard that is? That's so difficult for women, especially. And to reteach that in our bodies, sometimes we just need to reorient to sensation without judgment. And that's honestly one of the biggest, most healing things that we can do. Yeah. Something I've, I've been reflecting on a lot since coronavirus hit um, is is the difference between receiving and consuming yes and and i think you know because it's like okay everyone was kind of forced to pause and then we saw nature start to heal herself overnight Mm-hmm. Right, we saw these natural systems coming back into balance and health with us just pausing, and and I started to get a lot of information around the difference between actually receiving versus just mindlessly consuming. And our culture is built off of mindless consumption, so that we don't have to feel. Mm-hmm. Because to be receptive means to allow feeling. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, receptivity, when we allow that feeling, you know, there's a lot of, um, there are a lot of messages that we receive throughout our lives that say, if you receive that feeling, if you allow that in, then that's going to hurt. And that's not necessarily true, but this is, this is where we get stuck is because, you know, we, we perceive things as painful. I mean, very often um, I'll be, I'll have someone on the table and I'm doing, you know, pelvic care and um, she'll say, I am crying and there's tears rolling down my eyes and I just don't know why. I, I don't know why that's happening. And and I always have to say, you know, like, it's okay because you don't have to understand what emotions you're feeling. <laughs> this is, you're being receptive to what your body's telling you. Yeah. And you I know? thank you so much for saying that. Cause I think that that is like, we can make up stories all day long about why we're experiencing something or why something happened. Does it actually serve in the long run? Not necessarily, (laughs) you know, I mean, sometimes it's important to know where something originated from, right? Oh, yeah. But but we don't have to, feelings don't make sense. (laughs) We don't have to try. No. We try to make sense of them. We make a mess most of the time. Yeah. And let it move through you. Yeah. And let it move through. And this is a message that I want to give to everyone too. Just let it move through whatever body you are in. You know, you don't have to present in any particular way ever. Um, remember that like the way that we're told to present is not necessarily how nature intended it. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, if that means kicking and screaming, but not knowing why that's okay. And you know, we can label that trauma response left and right, but you know, I feel a little bit disenchanted by the whole um, somatic experiencing uh, fad because what it really does, I mean, it's lovely. I think it's lovely work, but there are certain aspects of it that are calling into um, our human tendencies to organize things and group things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and label things. And label things. Mm-hmm. And and I think we that that's one of those things that we... Um, we have to remember to continuously walk away from just a little bit so that we can really feel and allow and not ask questions because the body is very intelligent. Yes. It's, and the, and the, the frequency of a question and the frequency of an answer are two very different frequencies. Yes. Yes. That's a really good point. And when Absolutely. we stay, when we stay in the questioning, we, we block the answer from coming. Mm-hmm. Because we're thinking about why we're asking the question and we're thinking about what that means about us. <laughs> and I want to say too, like I'm not, I'm all for inquiry. Obviously I love asking oh, yeah. questions. I run a podcast show, you know, it's <laughs> like, I love asking questions. I love the inquiry and the inquiry is very important. And at some point we have to, it's just like we're talking about with the balance of the yin and yang, you, you inquire and then you give space for an answer. It can't yeah. be constant inquiry. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I think right now, you know, while we're talking, at least um, we're in the middle of the, the uprising, the yang, the kicking and screaming. <laughs> and, and that is beautiful in and of itself. Yeah, it needs to happen. 
needs to happen. But, you know, in that, uh, that upheaval, we're seeing a lot of um, directed anger at each other mm-hmm. and noticing like division in those spaces. And then I'm really interested to see, you know, what happens with people when they come together like that, but they don't ask questions. They just feel, <laughs> yeah, that's what I want to see. Like I really, and that's powerful mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. that's what brings people together and that's what that's how we heal pain is being in pleasure together sometimes i want to give a lot of space to what you just said i have no idea where we're going to be at collectively when this actually gets aired and when people are actually listening to this but what you just said about coming together and just allowing ourselves to feel Mm -hmm. is so powerful we we want to do something about it. We want to fix it. We want to we go straight to needing to fix. And if we can just let ourselves feel together, the solution comes from that. And it's yeah, a solution, it's-, it's a solution that is far better far more aligned and far more sustainable than anything we could ever come up with without allowing ourselves to feel first. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I wonder too, if that's where we're headed. I, you know, I always try to hold hope for that because we, we are, if we can do our best to stay off social media right now, honestly, um, it's a mess, but (laughs) um, I think that, you know, like if we take away the systems that are causing us to stay in our brains and stay in our thinking minds and to, to be in a divisive nature, then we, you know, we'll, if we can stay away from that just enough, then we can make that space to be together. And I think that's, it's such an important thing. And we forget when we're lost in the ether of our brains. <laughs> yeah. And when we think we're right. Yes. <laughs> yes. Everyone thinks yeah. they're right right now. I know. And and like let's calm down for a minute. What if we're all right? Yeah. What if everyone who's talking has something of value? Some valuable piece of information that adds something to the puzzle. Even yeah. if what they're saying is not what you believe or what you agree with. What if? What if we come at it from that place? Yeah, my hope is that we will. Me too. too. Okay, so let's go back to pleasure for a moment here. (laughs) Okay. Because I like pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking about touch before we went off on this little tangent. Um, and, And you were talking about allowing ourselves to track sensation when we actually touch ourselves. Mm -hmm. And what I would love right now is for you to, for people who are listening to this, who are not used to touching themselves or who have this story that to touch oneself is somehow naughty or sexualized and therefore taboo. um, Can you give like a simple exercise or place to start like really walking, walking us through 
like right now I'm like, I'm touching my thighs, right? And I'm not doing mm-hmm. it in a sexual way. I'm just, I have my hand around my thigh and, and I'm just rubbing it up and down just, and just having that sensation. Can you, can you give us something like that? Um, yeah. And, and, and where can that go and, and how can that serve right now? Sure. So if you are orienting into your sensation, your sense of touch, notice right now, if you have the ability to sense that your hand is receiving. So lean into my hand is receiving this touch. What does it feel from my fingertips for my hand to be receiving the texture of my thigh? And then you stay with that for a little while. And that's interesting. But then what if your thigh was giving touch to your fingers? (laughs) Right? What if you orient more into your fingers as a receptacle, as something that is being given touch? And what that really does is it creates space for you to expand your capacity of giving and receiving just with yourself. And it it also brings you into a place where you can explore what it means to you to receive what comes up for you. If you really sit with it in, in a quiet place, you might notice that you have this judgment of, well, I can't receive from something else if I'm touching it. And that's that's where you start to create that somatic inquiry. It's like saying, you know, well, so why do I feel that way? And let's not go into, you know, explaining, well, when I was a child, X, Y, Z happened. And that's why I feel like I can't receive touch. You know, (laughs) instead of going there, let's just think, okay, well, how does that show up for me in my body? Like, what am I feeling? Where's the tension coming? Okay. So maybe there's tension in my shoulders at the thought of receiving touch through fingertips. And if there's tension in my shoulder, what does that feel like? Ah, okay. Well, when I, when I feel into it, it kind of goes away, but then my throat kind of clenches up. Well, huh, I wonder why that's happening. You know, and then you have like all of these inquiries that you can follow, the pathways that you follow. And it's a meditation, it's mindfulness, but it's interesting because it's your body telling you things, little messages. And you yeah. can use all your different ways of seeing into yourself. You can use visualization. You can allow memories to come up allow emotions to come up and this is how we learn about ourselves and all of it is is changing perception where am i receiving that touch from or how am i giving it what do i want like how how does it feel to do this Hmm, i don't like that okay how does it feel to do that well that feels better but it's bringing up a memory of something that makes me uncomfortable you know, so there's so many ways we can just get all of this information just by self-touch. It doesn't even have to be genital touch. Of course, genital touch brings us into orgasmic place where in that orgasmic experience, we can do those self-inquiries in like, you know, that cosmic feeling. <laughs> but that's, you know, that's like a pretty advanced thing to be able to do for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. It is. I think 
that self-inquiry from the beginning, though, it gives you a lot to, to go on. And it, it starts your day and it helps you climb into your body so you know what you're reacting to at that moment. You know how, how you're feeling before you walk into your day. And then, you know, it allows you the depth to feel. And it's almost like expanding, like, it's like um, expanding the capacity to really absorb feeling. And I think that that's a lot of what we need, especially as women, we need it so desperately. And to absorb it, but not be consumed by it. Yes. You know, I think especially people who tend to be more empathic or they, or they get their intuition from emotional energy, there's, um, we can get overwhelmed by emotional energy sometimes, you know, yeah. when we're not allowing it to process through our bodies the way you so beautifully illustrated as possible. You know, I was thinking when you're talking about, you know, and then genital touch and taking us to this orgasmic place and, 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 and this, this concept that was coming up earlier in our conversation around how people are afraid to feel because they're afraid it's going to be painful. Mm-hmm. And I've had this experience a number of times with orgasm in particular, but also with just other things in life in general. In, with orgasm in particular, there's almost there can be this like burning sensation that can happen right before orgasm, right? And that burning could be perceived as painful if I don't if I if I constrict myself if I don't bring breath to it. Um, but when I, when I, and, and that whole thing we were talking about of like stopping yourself right before something shifts, right? If I mm-hmm. stop there, if I stop at the burning because it's maybe a little bit uncomfortable or I could write a story about it being uncomfortable and I have never experienced what's on the other side of it, I'm going to stop myself before I get to the ecstasy mm-hmm. <laughs> because there's burning because there's burning and it's uncomfortable. Whereas if I give breath to that burning and I allow that to move fully through my whole body, I and mean, sometimes I feel it in my toes, right? And, <laughs> and, but if I give breath to it and I allow it to actually move through, I experience ecstasy on the other side of it. Ecstasy, like the height of pleasure. Yeah. There's so much in those little spaces and that's what I call the microcosm. And honestly, um, I had, so I'll give you just like a personal example. I was at um, a sexological bodywork retreat last year and had been having some issues on my, the the left side of my clitoris and was like, I don't need that to be touched. I don't want that to be touched. That's not going to be touched (laughs) and was so staunchly against it. Cause I, I knew it to be pain and, you know, somebody like challenged me in that and they were like, okay, well, Hey, let's touch it. <laughs> you know, let's, let's see what that, that actually feels like. And, and being with that, I was, there's all this anger that bubbled up. And then, you know, if you lean into this, what we call in somatic sex education, the resilient edge of resistance, like where can I push myself to what edge mm-hmm. and how far um, can I go? And then if I'm at that edge, can I go even a little farther and know that like, Hey, this is actually okay. 
And then once you, you kind of lean into it enough, you can just change your perspective. And so what's happening when you feel that little burning, that is a yang sensation and it's shifting into yin. Mm-hmm. Just like what's happening, you know, what just happened with coronavirus and then we went straight into protesting, that's yin shifting into yang. And when we go deep, 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 it's very often that's when we just shift into the most excess of yang. Like, (laughs) you know, if we just leaned a little bit into the yin, then we might only shift a little bit into the yang. And this is also physics. This is, you know, this is how physics is explained too. It's like when there's an extreme, we're going to have an extreme on the other end. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Because nature seeks to balance itself. Exactly. And it needs to balance itself in the way that it's being perceived. It's perception too. And so when we sense a feeling, we also have to know in the sensation, there is, you know, I can label it as bad, but where can I find in the sensation the quote good? There's always the yin inside the yang. They're always together. They're inseparable. So wherever you're feeling a bad sensation, you might feel something good around it, or you might notice that it shifts into feeling something good. I mean, I don't know about you, but I've had um, <laughs> period cramps that when I really sit with them, I'm like, mm, it feels kind of good, like moving my hips. And <laughs> like yeah. that, that cramping sensation can feel like kind of juicy in a weird way. Like, you know, I just want to move and, and, you know, feel that that stuckness feels kind of good in a deep way. So, I mean, and that's coming from someone who has dealt with endometriosis, yeah. which is a lot of the people I work with, you know, have pelvic pain or genital pain. So, you know, I think that if you really change your perception, you can experience things in a different way and yeah, can be really beautiful. Yes. Agreed. And thank you. This has been such a wonderful conversation. Um, very timely. And yeah, I just really want to want to thank you for, for bringing all of your experience and wisdom to the table here and so that our, our audience can benefit from it. And I, I think there's a lot of really good stuff that came out of this today. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And um And we tell people again one more time where they can go to find out about you have a course that you just uh, created. Is that, that's right. Yeah. Um, So it's as of right now, this moment, it's called the pelvic reset course. And I, um, in it, we will be experiencing self-touch and self-pleasuring as a means to get back into the pelvic floor. And so a lot of it is created um, it's created for anyone. Anyone can take it. Um, any woman, anyone with a vagina can take it, vulva. Um, but it's very uh, much has a lot to do with Chinese medicine, yin-yang, um, and then using self-touch to really sense into the body for people who experience pain. So it's a really great, um, I call it pelvic reset because it's the best way I can express that we're pressing a reset button on our bodies as, as women and how we show up in the world. So it's a six week course. Um, it was supposed to be launched this week, but I'm putting a pause on it because of all the young in the world. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, so it will be launched soon. And whenever this episode comes out, it might be, um, we might be already in the middle of, uh, you know, cohort, but it will be an ongoing course. So I'm super excited about that. Awesome. And where can they go to find it? Um, you can find me on Instagram, um, sacral underscore spaces or, uh, www.sacral-spaces.com. Um, everything should be on my website and, um, feel free to email me too. And, you know, talk to me about pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Maggie, thank you again so much for joining us today. To our listeners, thank you again for your continued support, for showing up, for doing the work, for taking this information in. Uh, If you want to play with us more, come over to superpowerexperts.com. We've got our Master Your Personal Power program, and we're rolling out some really exciting stuff um, that I'm just so looking forward to. So, so keep in touch with us there. If you have not downloaded the app, please do so. Um, you can search Superpower Net on uh, on any of the the app stores and and find us there. And until next time, go out and love yourself so that you can love the world more deeply. Many many blessings. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.